Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul teaches on gates. Due to technical difficulties, the first 10 minutes of this podcast will be low audio quality. Tonight, I'm going to go through this kind of quickly, maybe, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see how long we linger. Um, Go ahead and throw up that graphic. Tonight, I want to talk to you about gates. Wait for it. Wait for it. While we're getting that graphic up, how about these TVs, guys? Wow. They're huge. I didn't purchase them. <laughs> so the, the church that meets here, if you guys don't know that, um, there's a church that meets here on Sundays now called The Way. Yeah. Um, they're called The Way. Alright. I love you all, but I'm not going to talk over you. So if you guys want to have conversations, no shame, you can leave. But but I don't want to talk over you guys. Deal? Deal. 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 Alright. Alright. So, I want to talk to you tonight about gates. Go figure. Alright. Cornerstone Scripture. You guys go ahead and write this down. It's Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. How many of you guys have ever heard the thing, a proverb a day keeps the, the stupid away? Proverb a day keeps the stupid away. We got that from Jahan, who may have gotten it from Dr. Horton. Who knows? It may may be a Jahan Cox original. But, Proverb a day keeps the stupid away. And, here's the beauty in it. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So, you can pretty much read a Proverb a day for a month and then start over. Obviously, you have seven months where you can't do that. But, five of them, you can't. Or is it six? Is it six and then five that has 30? I don't know. Whatever. Either way, way, almost half a year, you can just run it out. So you can just double up on the last day. Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. It's seven with 31. Seven with 31, five with 30, one with 28. That's 13 months. We don't have 13 months. Well, then... There's four There's, there's four, four with 30? And then one with 28. Interesting. Well, anyways, you can pretty much read a proverb a day. Uh, all right, so let's go to Proverbs 4, 20 through 27. So this is Solomon. Uh, Solomon, uh, arguably, not arguably, but probably the wisest man that ever lived. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, long story short, um, the Lord basically, the Lord, God asked him, was like, hey, I can give you one thing. Like, what would you ask for? And he asked for wisdom. And he was like, all right, you got it. Here's all the wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for any of these things. Which, uh, cool thing is when he asked for wisdom, then all the other things kind of came secondarily. So, well, that's a, that's a sermon in and of itself. But, um, Like all the riches, all the kingdoms, all the other things that he could have asked for came second to because of his wisdom. So anyway, so this guy full of wisdom uh, and 
he wrote many of the Proverbs. So here we go. So let's go. Uh, Proverbs 4, 20-27. My son, pay attention to my words and climb your ear to my sayings. They are not to escape from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their body. Watch over. Here's where we're kind of getting into the meat of it. Watch over your heart. Say heart. 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 Okay, let's say it a little bit louder. Watch over your heart, heart. with all diligence, for it, for from it flow the springs of life. Rid yourself of deceitful mouth and keep devious speech far from you. Let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. Watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. Okay. So I want to talk to you about four gates tonight, okay? Your tongue gate, okay? Come on. Tongue gate, your ear gate, your eye gate, and your feet gate. Feet gate, yeah, that's a thing. All right, so the eyes, say eyes, ears, tongue, and feet are the gateways to your soul, okay? All right, so your ears, your eyes, your tongue, and your feet are the gateways to your soul. Okay, so in, um, I guess not so much biblical times, but just in olden days, um, obviously we didn't have cities that look like they do now with highways and interstates and all these other roads going into it. What we had was a city, and around the city was a wall. Okay, so built into the wall were gates, and there were four gates at every city. There was a north gate, a south gate, an east gate, and a west gate. Okay, so we had four acoustics running Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, so so cities were surrounded by walls for the protection of the people, and built into those walls were the four gates. Okay, north, south, east, and west. Okay, never eat sour worms. Never eat soggy waffles. It must have been a Memphis thing to never eat sour waffles. Yeah. Never eat sour watermelon. That or that one. Never eat shredded wheat. All right. So the gates were there. You may want to write this down. The gates were there to let the right people in. And let the wrong people out. The gates were there to let the right people in and the wrong people out. So, likewise, to the gates of a city, your soul has four gates. Your ears, your eyes, your feet, and your tongue. Okay? You got four gates. You with me? Yeah. All right. The things we allow into our gateways directly affect the spiritual condition of our heart. Okay? I'm going to say that again because you guys need to know this. Okay? What you let in to your soul through the gates directly affects the spiritual condition of your heart. And only a dummy would think that they don't. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay? Um, so, let's talk about this first one. Eye gate. Say eye gate. Eye gate. One more time. Say eye gate. Eye gate. 
All right, it would be so cool if I had a different graphic for each thing, because that would be perfect for eye gate, right? Yeah. But I don't have a feet gate or a, <laughs> or a tongue. Yeah, it would be kind of weird. Yeah, that would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's too late for that. We've got one graphic, and it's gates, all right? Yeah. But it, it works for this. So, the eye gate. So from this scripture, let your eyes look directly ahead and let your gaze be fixed straight in front of you. So uh, a straight gaze prevents a wandering eye. So this is some practical stuff. Uh, some of you, uh, me included, I think we can all kind of fall prey to this, or at least we have in the past. Um, some of us have, have fallen into traps and we're not like glorifying the devil because he's kind of a dummy, but sometimes we just walk right into it because um, we just kind of look aimlessly around. So let me ask you a question. Um, and this is not going to be a mo behavior modification, like teaching or whatever. Hey, don't do this. You can do this. That's, that's like legalistic, it's religious, because then you just go through and check boxes. But anyways, um, but there is some practical things. Uh, how many of you guys have Facebook? Okay, now let me ask. Apparently, it's an old thing to do. Yeah. Uh, how many of you guys have Instagram? Oh yeah. How many of you guys have Snapchat? How many of you guys have TikTok? Okay. Uh, what else we got? Twitter? How many of you guys have Twitter? Twitter is like the worst. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. How many of you guys have MySpace? Oh my gosh. Hey, short, uh, just a little little detour. Uh, the band that I used to be in, Declare Your Victory, still has a MySpace. It's active. And it says, Declare Your Victory. And then in parentheses, it says, Big changes coming soon. And it said that for... 13 years, so uh, I don't know what big changes are coming soon, but we've missed it. Uh, but anyway, so that's on our that's on our MySpace, and and what's uh, my mom wouldn't allow me to have a MySpace uh, because she's a smart woman. Uh, but then I was a dummy and went over to my friend Hunter Van Dyke's house and made a MySpace while I was over there, and then I got bullied the night I got it. But anyway, so. Um, <laughs> By this guy named Aiden, who was a giant. And so I was like, I don't want to die. So I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, I was also about this small and like had no idea who I was. So I was just, did I cry? No, nah, I probably said, I probably said a few choice words and then logged off real quick and then switched schools and moved to Memphis uh, or moved to Knoxville. Just kidding. Um, yeah, literally the whole reason my family moved here is because I was running away from Aiden. Um, just kidding. <laughs> I guarantee you Aiden is not watching this because he's 29 and I doubt he's going to watch a youth group. Anyway, so, uh, but sometimes we can just fall into these traps when we just get on there and we're just, oh, or those, uh, YouTube shorts. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We just get on there and with no filter and then before you know it, we're seeing things we should never have seen. But it's because we had a wandering eye. Our eyes weren't fixated. We weren't intentional. We were just kind of aimlessly looking around and oh, there's that. Oh, there's that. 
And you know what? That leads to other things, and that leads to other things. But if we would have just nipped it in the bud um, at the get-go and kept our eyes focused and not wandered, we could have avoided all of those pitfalls. So that's what I'm saying is, um, hear me when I say this, safe, safeguards and like guardrails, especially on your mobile device, are not in place to retard your growth, okay? Uh, I, I was under, not the assumption, but I remember when my youth pastor at the time was like, hey, you guys need to have something on your phones. And then in my head, I was like, I can handle it. Like, I'm walking in freedom. Like, I don't need to have guardrails on it. Like, I've been freed. I don't have to deal with that anymore. Like, namely, like, it was like pornography. I was like, look, the Lord's like freed me from it. I have no temptation. I don't need anything. And then I have no guardrails because I think I'm good. Because I think the guardrails are there as elementary, like, things to keep me in line because, oh, I don't want to swerve off the road because that's what just children do. It's not in there to retard your growth. It's in there to um, let you live in freedom, right? So it's, it's always the freedom to choose. But if you've got something in place that keeps you in line, even when you try to get out of line, it keeps you inside freedom. So when you never have the ability to just swerve off the road so to speak but you've got something that's always buffering and keeping you back in you maintain inside that lane and then when you get out of that funk you know what I mean I'm just being straight up I mean you guys know I mean there's just times where you're just scrolling just like oh crap like how did I end up here but if you've got guardrails in place you can maintain in freedom does that make sense Okay, so that's why I'm saying like, I, I, I don't just want to talk about like, this is what you can do, this is what you can't do. I'm just saying like, guard your eye gate. It's very important, okay? Um, we won't get into, I'm going to zoom through some, I don't have that back there, cool. I'm going to, okay, cool, we'll keep going. <laughs> I always thought this one sounded weird. Your tongue gate, let's just, what should we call it other than tongue gate? Mouth gate? Okay, let's just call it mouth gate. I don't, <laughs> speech gate, all right. What? Boy, no. Um, all right, so here's a rhetorical question for you. What kind of speech are you involved in? Okay. Uh, contrary maybe to popular belief, I really don't give a rip about if you say four-letter words or not. I don't give a blank about if you say four-letter words or not. I mean, I can't say it, but because <laughs> it's being recorded and I'm looking right at it. I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm not talking, when I'm talking about like guarding your speech, I'm not talking about, I got to make sure I don't say the F word today. I mean, yes, you should try to not say the F word, but you can enter into hateful speech. You can enter into um, illegal speech in the kingdom without ever dropping one of those letters, one of those words, so to speak, okay? One of those letters, don't drop the letter J, okay? Um, and here's the other thing. I don't think God is too concerned about if you drop a bomb or not. How terrible would it be if our God ran as soon as your tongue started slipping up and saying all these words that you think are no-no words in the kingdom. Like, 
how fragile of a of a king would he be if he would be swerved by that? He doesn't he doesn't really give a rip about that. But what he's interested in is the condition of your heart that's prompting you to speak in such a way, right? Yep. So here here's kind of where where I would I would think. Um, I can immediately tell you the condition of my heart by the way I'm speaking. Not because of, oh, I said this word today. It's not because of that, but it's because, oh, I was snippy. I went snippy. I don't know. Like, yeah, snippy. Like, I turned on a dime. Like, I just, I went from zero to 100 with my speech. I was like snarky. I was a butthole, so to speak. Sorry, I guess... I don't know if we need to bleep that out, but whatever. Um, That's a four-letter word. Anyways, um, but I can tell the condition of my heart by the way that I'm speaking. And it's an indicator for me that I've let something into my heart because what does scripture say? Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of your heart. So what's in your heart, as soon as that overflows, it comes out. And so if... Uh, snarkiness, if be holishness, if I'm just finding, uh, if I'm being super critical, like just right out of the gate, I know there's something in my heart that I've let in and kind of like poison has come in and it's overflowing out of that. So it's not so much like watching the gate of what's coming out of your mouth. Yes, do that. But also let it, you should be in a place where whatever is coming out of your heart should be able to flow freely. We should be living in such a freedom where our heart is in such a good condition that we should be able to speak whatever comes to our mind and it bring edification and build up others. Because if we're doing things where we're holding back, we're like, oh, maybe I don't want to say, that's still an overflow of your heart. You know what I'm saying? So let it be an indicator of where the position of your heart is and not like a, you need to do better, but it's just like a beep, just a, a light that's going off. It's like, oh, like, danger this level is high you know what i'm saying (laughs) that was a terrible analogy (laughs) but you smell what i'm stepping in okay okay um so what i love is that that we can ask the same question that david did when he said search my heart and know me and see if there's any hurtful way in me so he asked the lord like hey don't judge my actions would you judge my heart like search my heart know me. And the way you speak is a great indicator about where the condition of your heart is. Okay. All right. Number three, we're going to keep trucking. Oh, that's okay. Um, ear gate. All right. Let me just come right out of the gate and say this. This is not, uh, a debate between secular and like sacred music. Okay. This is not gonna, uh, I don't want to like endorse anyone because, you know, you just don't do that. But I think that when we get into this debate of, oh, well, this is secular music. Oh, well, this is religious music. We can get really religious real quick. Okay. Um, because what we end up doing is we set these set standards of, oh, I only listen to music. I only listen to things that meet these requirements. And then what we do is we actually enter back into the law of Moses 
doing the same thing with what we let into our hearts. And yes, we need to guard that and not be dummies about it. But if we just go through the criterion, be like, oh, it checks out everything. Okay, yeah, I can listen to that. Like, you've missed the whole point. It's not just about retreating back into a cave and only allowing things that meet these certain standards come through. Yes, we need to have standards. Yes, we need to not listen to some of the worst things on the planet. Oh my gosh. Okay. Long story short, I won't use any names, but uh, I was talking to uh, a buddy of mine a couple months ago and he was like, hey bro, I got to show you this song. I was like, all right, what's up? And so he showed me this song and once again, it's like dropping F-bombs and like, and I'm not, I mean, right out of the gate, like I don't listen to stuff like that. Um, but I was like, okay, that, that's cool. That's that, You listen to this? <laughs> like willingly? Like do you feel good when you leave? Like let your heart be an indicator about what you're listening to. Is like, hey, is this edifying me? Like I'm just saying like technically, I said I wasn't going to endorse anything, but we love the guy. Ben Rector, technically not a Christian artist, but does he love the Lord? You bet your bottom dollar he does. And we feel edified. Like when we listen to some of his stuff, like, but there's some people that would still be under the label of secular that we just won't do. And unpopular opinion, there's some people in the sacred secular that I won't listen to because their heart is trash. Like, yeah, you write the right criteria. You talk about this and you talk about this, but when I listen to it, I don't feel edified. Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, let your heart be a compass in that. Like, and let your spirit man be a compass in that. So, um, uh, yeah, so basically, um, when let the Holy Spirit who's in you be like your compass in that. And some of you may think, um, well, let's just have a show of hands. This is kind of a dangerous question when you actually ask questions that you don't know the answers to. Uh, they tell you not to do this in public speaking, like because it's really a gamble. Um, but how many of you guys have ever listened to uh, like a movie, you, or like you've watched a movie, you've listened to the movie, you've listened to music or whatever, and you've just kind of felt like a check in your spirit, being like, oh, Maybe I should just moonwalk out of here. I can't moonwalk. I would have Matt come and do this. But um, like, yeah, so literally like that's the Holy Spirit giving you discernment to just back your butt on out, okay? But here's the cool thing is listening to the Holy Spirit is almost like working out a muscle group. Um, the more you use it and the more you listen to it, the stronger it becomes. And so um, what can happen is if you just keep pushing off, like listening to that, that, uh, the voice of the spirit, it can go from sounding as clear as this into where it's kind of hard to tell what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, so as you listen more, it gets clearer and clearer and clearer. I kind of liken it to Oakland. Okay. So obviously Oakland is two years old, two years old and three months. Um, and yeah, anyways, um, when she was first here, like two days into being alive, she didn't know my voice from anyone. Like anyone could have come into the room. Um, and she wouldn't know, Oh, is that dad? 
is that Geichel, I mean, she didn't know who Geichel was at the time. She didn't know who dad was at the time. Isn't it weird? She does, she had no idea what a mom and a dad was like at two years old. She's like, what is this? Um, anyways, but it's like she had, she had no idea who I was. But two years and three months into our relationship, I go and I pick her up from my mom and dad's house yesterday. And she's sitting on the couch, um, probably from where I am. My parents' house is huge. From here all the way to Elias's office over there. That's probably from where I walk into the front door to where their couch is in their living room. And it's just a big open place. Yeah, they were in the medical field, whatever, and they're retired and they bought a house. Um, so they're just, they're just sitting on the couch and she doesn't move. She doesn't budge. And I say, Oakland. And the first thing she says, Daddy! And I mean, just from, oh, it's so tender. Um, I mean, literally my heart is still melting. But, um, but she hears my one, I say one word. And she knows exactly who I am. She knows exactly where she can run to me. And she knows that it's a safe place. And so she's exercised this muscle of getting to know my voice. And it's the same thing as listening to the Holy Spirit. If she goes away for 30 years and I say, hey, Oakland, she may not recognize my voice. You know what I'm saying? Because for 30 years, it's been, oh, I haven't listened to this. I have no, I have no paradigm for what who this is for what this is but as you listen to the holy spirit more often just in the little things you get accustomed to what he's saying to how he speaks and it's easier to respond because it goes from this to this and i just kind of want to all that to say if you've missed the mark and you've put spiritual like earmuffs over i just want to tell you like there's grace to make up lost time and that I'm like, if you want it, all you have to do is ask for it. It's like, God, like, I want to know your voice. I want to hear your voice clearly. And I can promise you, I went for 15 years without listening to the voice of God. And then immediately it's like, God, like, I want to hear your voice. And then it was like, oh, okay, great. I didn't have to learn it. But as you do it more often, that, that ear gets easier and easier to listen to, um, so to speak. Okay. So all that to say, the best course of action with your ear gate is to listen to the Holy Spirit the first time and respond accordingly, okay? Because what happens, um, anyways, we've already kind of covered that, never mind. Um, you with me so far? Cool. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this last one and then we'll get out of here. All right, <laughs> this one also sounds weird. Feet gate. <laughs> Your feet gate. I, I never thought about this being a feet gate, but it's it's very clear that it says your feet, right? It says, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left and turn your foot from evil. So it's talking about your feet, about where you go, physically where you go. Uh, and I think there's a great story in, I think it's Genesis. Yeah, Genesis that talks about where you're planted, where your feet go, and how it kind of sets up the course of your life, okay? So, how many of you guys know uh, Abraham? Yeah. All right. How many guys know your boy Lot? Okay. Well, here's a really brief description of this story. All right. I, I am just going to read this word for word so I don't miss anything. Lot, I believe, is his cousin... Nephew, that's right. Yeah, my bad. My B, guys. All right, so Genesis records that the day came when Lot and Abraham parted ways, and Abraham told him to go wherever he liked, 
and Abraham would take the leftovers. Lot chose to go the direction of Sodom. Okay, so here's a little background story. Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, Sodom was this place um, that had debauchery and... This sounds so crass, but like everyone was like gay. Like, like when we get we get the term sodomy from Sodom. Okay, so like it's it's a it's a city that has been overrun with the spirit of homosexuality, and and so what happens is Lot goes and he pitches his tent facing Sodom. Okay. Even when the Bible informs us that the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord, Lot exposed his eye gate daily to that place by turning his tent toward it. It's essentially he's going and building his house to where he sits out on his front porch, drinking his coffee, eating his scone, and he's looking at the city of Sodom. And so not only does he uh, move his feet to the place of where he's looking at it, to where his eye gates are receiving it, then he eventually moves into the city of Sodom. And not only does he move into the city, his wife and his kids move into the city of Sodom. So because his feet took him to a place of debauchery and sin, then his eye gates were exposed to it and his ear gates were exposed to the same thing. And so um, so Lot, a righteous man, was distressed by the depraved conduct of the lawless uh, for that righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw, heard, um, that he saw and he heard. So it took three gates for Lot to, oh my gosh, that was amazing, um, to enter into that kind of debauchery. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. He could have avoided all of it if he didn't allow his feet gate I'm just assuming this is how we walked to his place. <laughs> yeah, it's how they walked back in the day. Um, if he didn't allow his feet gate to set up his tent right in front of Sodom, if he would have chosen anywhere else, he may, he definitely would have avoided his eye gates being overthrown, his ear gates being overthrown, and then eventually, like, his whole family just, you know. You guys have heard about Lot's wife, Pillar of Salt? Yeah. Huh? Do you know what you call Lot's wife? Dummy. <laughs> oh, okay. So eventually they leave Sodom. And then the Lord instructs them, like, hey, get out of Sodom. Don't look back. And so what's happening is they're leaving. They, they're not looking back. But then Lot's wife looks behind, kind of like missing being there. And she literally turns into a pillar of salt and obviously dies. You know, <laughs> no, she's like, I'm so seasoned. <laughs> like, that's what you call a seasoned saint. All right. Um, so here, let's wrap up here. All right. There's so many puns there. All right. Last one. John, John one. Say John one. All right. Okay. All right. Now, shh. This is where I, I just want us to end and come to home base on this. So in, in John 1, it records that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descended like a dove, rested on Jesus, and remained. 
Okay, I'm going to say that again. That the Holy Spirit descended from heaven like a dove, rested on Jesus, and remained. Okay, so there's this invitation from the Holy Spirit, from the Father, and modeled by the Son that we can live a life that invites the Holy Spirit to sit on our shoulder day after day. And it's up to our eye gates, our ear gates, our mouth gates, and our feet gate to determine whether or not he stays. So it can be easy to get caught up uh, in the quote-unquote religious duties of don't do this because it's bad, and then you end up just like checking a list to trying to get the dove to stay. Um, But I just kind of want to offer you this secondary point of view that if we live with the concept um, of I don't want the dove to leave, I don't want to do anything to make the dove to leave because God is mean and doesn't want me to have fun, you've missed the whole point. It's I don't want to do anything that's going to make the dove leave because God is good and he wants me to have a life abundantly. Because here's what's going to happen. The only the only reason we allow um, things that are not edifying to enter into one of those four gates is because it's with the illusion that it's a better place than where we're at right now. Or it's the illusion that this will be great for me. This will feel good. This, this place is going to be a good place for me. But it's just through the illusion that it's good for you. So if we can live with that concept and knowing that God is good and wants us to live a life abundantly and that his Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, that when we feel that check of the Holy Spirit and it causes us to back up, it's not because he doesn't want us to have fun, but it's because he doesn't want us to live a life that's anything less than what he's intended for us to do. And let me just... um finish with saying this that doesn't mean everything that the holy spirit checks you on is sin there's some things it's not not because you have to do things but because you get to uh so for instance i remember being 18 and do i think smoking a cigar is sin no i don't but when i turned 18 i bought a cigar i was like you know what i'm 18 I'm going to smoke a cigar. It's going to be awesome. Um, and I remember cutting off the section, you know, doing all this stuff, lighting it, having one puff, and the Holy Spirit just checking me. And he's like, you know what? You can do this, but, like, what What if you're, like, tainting, um, like, your spirit? What if you're tainting, quote-unquote, your testimony? Aren't you trying to... Uh, minister to people who are smoking weed every weekend and you're trying to tell them there's a better life, but you're just smoking a different thing. Like, I'm not saying that it was sin, but there was an opportunity for me to enter into something beyond just the checking the list. You know what I'm saying? I'm not left-handed. Oh gosh. See, checking the list, you know? So the Holy Spirit is going to invite you into things, um, that that aren't necessarily backing away from sin, but it's an invitation to enter into the more of God. Because the more you get to do these things that don't grieve the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit sits here. 
I, I remember this story I heard, and then I'll wrap up here. Um, oh, okay. I remember the story I heard about this, this man that was in college, and he, he had heard the Lord say, um, I, I don't know what I heard. he said he heard the Lord, but I, I, maybe he made a decision. Maybe he didn't hear the Lord say, hey, you're going to do this. But I remember this story of this guy um, who wanted to get married, had not yet met a woman that he thought was going to be his wife, had not yet met this girl. Um, and, excuse me, I thought it was a burp, but it wasn't. And what he did is he cut out a pair of, uh, like, eyes, like with glasses, like from the internet, like a piece of paper, and he taped it on his shirt every day. And so what he would do is he would walk around college, um, walk around his campus, and beautiful girl walks by. He has every opportunity to do this, but he says, I just wanted to put my wife's eyes that I haven't met right here, and I want her to know that I never had eyes for anyone else. And so this, these girls would walk by, he's, he's head down, wouldn't, wouldn't do it. And so I'm saying like, he didn't have to do that. Now, yes, you shouldn't be checking out a girl's rear end every time they walk by you. Okay. Guys, it is possible to keep your eyes down. Okay. I've been doing it for 13 years. If you need help, come see your boy. Okay. It's really easy. Um, but there was an opportunity to enter into the more of God so that when his wife came along, he can tell her, I've only had eyes for you my entire life. And you know what that does? The trust and the unity that that builds between the two of them, that's an unshakable foundation that they'll forever have in their covenant. So you have opportunities, not because God told me I have to do this, but hey, God, what can I give you that's gonna keep this dove right here? That's not gonna make him wanna fly away the second I have the ability to not be set up in these guardrails. You know what I'm saying? So you guys have the opportunity to choose what comes in through your city. You guys have the opportunity to, to decide what comes in through your gates. Don't be, like, that's why I'm saying don't be dumb. It's not just this, oh, it's our number one rule. It, I mean, everything can fall under that. Don't be dumb. Like, don't waste the opportunity you have right now. At 14 years old, you have an opportunity to guard your ear gates that you'll never have that opportunity again when you're 15. Every moment is an opportunity to guard and give it as a gift back to the Father. Every opportunity you're in, you have an opportunity. <laughs> you have every opportunity. You have another opportunity. Every moment you're in is an opportunity to guard your gates and keep your city safe. You have something? Are you good? You good? Shout it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. It's not just a list of things like. That's why I'm saying like this whole thing wasn't just like you can do this, you can't do this, you can listen to this, you can't listen to this. I'm not the one to tell you that. There's some secular music that I'll listen to that maybe you, the Holy Spirit, is just 
checking you on. And then there's some things that you guys feel like the Holy Spirit is being like, all right, that's fine. That I'm like, I'm, I will not touch it with a 10 foot pole. Like you've got to be led in wisdom with it, but also it's not just this cut and dry. Yes, do this. Yes, do that. Like there was a time in my life. Um, I guess we both did this where, like I said, I'm not against secular music. I mean, I'm a musician and I love music. I mean, I cut my teeth on like Paramore, basically. We listen to Paramore today. Um, But there was a time where I felt like the Lord asked me. He said, it's an opportunity. You don't have to do this. But I want you to give up every, every secular music, every secular band for a year. I don't want you to touch it. And of course, during that time, um, some of my favorite bands released the best albums they've ever done. And I remember telling the Lord, like, this is so trivial. Like, it's a dumb album, but I'm just like, you know, like when David says, like, remember all of my afflictions. Like, he's like, I want you, like, I asked the Lord, I was like, I want you, please record this. Like, I wanted to give you this gift. Like, this is worth it to me. Like, I want to say yes to you. And there was also another time in high school where um, I, like, I wasn't playing video games often, um, but I just felt like the Lord was asking me, he's like, hey, um, senior year of high school, he's like, hey, why don't you give up video games for a year? What if you did that? And I was like, you know what? All right, I'll do it. And ironically enough, probably the best video game that's ever been released, um, got Skyrim, yeah. literally, it got released. And I remember sitting there like, and you know, I'm an 18 year old kid. And I'm just like, I want to play video games. Like all my friends in high school are playing this game. They're talking about it. But I distinctly remember the Lord saying, like, I mean, you can play it. But when you turn your Xbox on, are you going to feel released? Or are you going to feel like there was a gift that you half wrapped to me? And I was like, you know what? it's, It's not worth it. So I remember it was January 1st at 12 o'clock and I turned Skyrim on, but, (laughs) but by God, I got, I did the year and you know what? It marked me because I, I can look back. It's like, Lord, that was a gift. And I can, I can still hear the Lord be like, thanks for that. Like, it's like when you get a great gift on Christmas, have you guys remember your favorite gift that you've ever gotten on Christmas? How old were you? Okay, how old were you? Last Christmas. Last Christmas? Come on, banging. Okay. What was, what was your favorite gift that you got at Christmas? Okay, how old were you when you got your favorite gift? Six years old. Okay, it marked her. Six years old. What did you get for your seventh? That's what I'm talking about. You can give such a distinct gift that the Lord can remember it. Not because you have to, but because you get to. And you know what? That creates history. And that creates communion. It's not a list of boxes to check off, but it's what can I give you? You know what I'm saying? All right. I'm going to shout it out.
place depicted the entrance doors. If you read our Bible and our scriptures about the gospel of Jesus, about the breastplates of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of truth, those things are set up to help guard these gates. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just saying, mm hmm. Oh. Did I say mm mm? Oh. <laughs> Yeah. And on that note, if you didn't hear it in children's church, like me, I had no construct for who the Holy Spirit was until I was 15 years old. I had no idea. And then, but what he does is he makes up for lost time. Uh, he's very kind to do that. So uh, it's not just something that's like, oh, he's redeemer of time and like that scripture, like, not like I've lived it. Like I can guarantee you he makes up time. Um so, uh, I, I have a, a homework assignment for you guys. Okay. In the next week, you have seven days. I want you to give the father a gift. Something that he hasn't asked you to do, but something that you're offering to him. Because how sad would it be if the relationship with us and the father was a one-way transaction? where it was him asking, hey, hey, would you do this? Hey, would you do this? And us just twisting our arm. Okay, yeah, I'll give this to you. But what if we just willingly said, hey, you didn't ask for it, but here's a surprise gift. I just want to give this to you. Seven days. Um, And what we'll do, actually, we won't do that. Seven days and keep keep it to yourself. Here's the thing is those things that happened, like where I gave up video games. I mean, you know, it sounds so trivial. I gave up video games for a year, gave up secular music for a year. I didn't tell anybody at that moment. Like I feel released now because, you know, it's not like I'm showboating. Um, but give the Lord a gift and don't tell anyone about it. Don't tell, don't tell your parents. Don't tell your best friend. If you got to make a note on your phone and to keep you accountable with it, do it. But how sweet would it be if it was just something between you and the Lord? Um, just one last thing, golly, I'm just reminded of this thing that Rick Pino said one time. Um, he was at this conference and this dude got done and he, he came up to Rick and he's like, man, the Lord was doing this and this and this. And, and the Lord just blasted me like this. And man, I'm just growing so much. Um, and Rick said, well, I know instantaneously that that's not true because if that happened, you wouldn't talk about it like it was something so cheap. So give the Lord a gift, keep it close to your heart, and let's not spread it like wildfire, you know? Sound good? Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.